Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hello church. Whether you are worshiping with us from a chair at one of our campuses or from your living room couch. You have heard it said, and it is true, we really do believe that the Lord led you here today. And we believe that he has a reason for doing so. And so I'd really encourage you just to have your heart wide open today to whatever the Spirit wants to speak to you about. Before I jump into today's message, I would just remind you that you really are the provision for the vision of this place. Here at Hosanna, we are multiplying the hope and heartbeat of Jesus with irresistible love and generosity and unity. And we are doing that in every community where we have a campus. We are doing that all over the South Metro and into the Twin Cities. And really the reach of this place, the impact of Hosanna goes all the way across the world. And you make it possible with your faithful giving of your tithes and offerings. So we try to make it super easy to give here at Hosanna. You can text to give using the information on the screen, or you can uh, use our webpage or our app. And by the way, if you have not downloaded our app yet, we'd really encourage you to do that. It's of our online program now. It's how you'll find out about everything that's going on around here. So thank you ahead of time for doing that. Well, if you happen to be new around here, and we do want to recognize that every weekend we've got new people attending our campuses or joining us online, I do want to introduce myself to you. I am Pastor Jen Alexander, and I am married to the very handsome man with deep set eyes and a humble heart. Ryan Alexander, who leads this place. And last weekend, he started the conversation that we are inside of right now, a really important conversation, reconnecting, choosing community again. And inside of that message, he was candid with you. He shared with you, church, something that he is going through right now. Ryan is in the midst of uh, a bout with insomnia, like we have never seen before as a family. And I just want to shout out to the spouses of people who deal with insomnia, because the reality is, if he's not sleeping, I'm not sleeping. So it has been a really bizarre time in our lives. Um, we don't want you to worry about us. We really don't want you to worry about us because the truth is we know the Lord is in it. Um, he's using it already in a number of ways. And one of the ways that he has been using it in this particular time is to allow Ryan and allow me to um, have a renewed fervor, a renewed fire and passion for the very topic that we are talking about, the gift of beloved sacred Christian community. Because over the last week, since Ryan shared his struggle with you, so many of you have reached out to us. You have been incredibly kind. You have sent emails and texts and you have sent assurances of support and prayer. And um, actually uh, about a week ago, before Ryan shared um, what was going on, we were up in the middle of the night and I was, I was just teetering on that line between madness and trusting the Lord. Madness and trusting the Lord. And I decided, you know what? I better pray. And so I, I did and I asked God, would you just show me what you're doing? 
Would you just give me a vision? I ask him this from time to time. Would you give me a vision for what you are doing? And the vision that I saw before my eyes really surprised me and deeply warmed my heart. What I saw was our house and it was covered in snow and surrounded by snow like it is right now. But around our house, there was a circle of people holding hands, dozens and dozens of people circling our house, holding hands, praying for our family. And I knew in that moment that the Lord wanted me to know that that was true that our family really is surrounded and supported by you, our church family here at Hosanna, and we just cannot thank you enough. We are so grateful. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to experience the community that we are preaching about in this series. And actually a number of you um, also expressed when you reached out, basically you said, me too. Me too. I am restless too. The word restless came up a number of times. I'm restless in my mind. I'm restless in my soul and my body. And there are, there are many reasons, of course, for that restlessness, especially as we continue to navigate this incredibly bizarre time that we are all living through. But one of the factors, probably one of the greatest factors in that restlessness for all of us is what Ryan talked about last week, the lack, the lack of connection the lack of community. Ryan reminded us last week that we are made in the image of God and God himself is highly communal. We see the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in constant communion and union with one another. We know that God is so highly relational. He so deeply wanted a relationship with his children that he sent his son to die for our sins so that we wouldn't be separated from him. The God we serve and whose image we are made in is highly relational. You and I are made for connection. And so when it's missing, like it has been in this last season of being socially distanced and no contact everything, you know, maybe you're spending all day on Zoom and you're looking at pictures, faces, and you're hearing voices, but it is not the same. It is not the same as being together. It's not the same as touch and hugs and being in one another's presence. And we are in a place right now where we are recognizing what a gift community is. Ryan said it this way last week. He said, we are at a crossroads. We are at a crossroads right now with community. And this direction is uh, that we're just gonna keep getting used to where we are right now. And we're gonna get lulled into this really dangerous and ultimately very empty place of just going down the road of, of radical individualism that our culture really does support. Or in this moment, we are going to recognize the deficit and we are gonna to listen to the longing and we are going to choose community again. And it will have to be a choice. It's gonna to have to be an intentional choice. And we wanna make sure you know the choice that we will be making together as a church. Here at Hosanna, we will absolutely be choosing the path of community because we are a church that wants to look more and more like Jesus. And Jesus modeled for us and invites his followers into a very particular type of community. Ryan put this drawing up last week. You know, a triangle is about all Ryan can draw, which is actually true for me too. Neither of us are artists. But this simple diagram here at Hosanna for us represents the way we're called to live as Jesus followers. We are called to live up in relationship with God, in relationship with each other, and out on mission in the world. Personally, but also every Jesus-centered community, like we're talking about in this series, Jesus at the very center 
Every Jesus-centered community is living up in and out. Ryan talked about the up last weekend. If you missed that message, go back and listen to it. But what a privilege we have in Christian community to point each other to the Lord together, to pray for one another, to intercede for one another. He talked about last weekend, so important. Today, our focus is the in of Christian community. And we're gonna talk a lot about it. But to sum it up, in Christian community, we are called to love one another like family because we are family. And that leaves the out. And I just loved the video that we got to see before this message of Roger and his friends who he said, you know, we've been meeting together for a long time. We've been doing the up and the in, you know, the Bible study thing for a long time. But in this last year, we discovered the power of living out together as they decided to mentor young men at the local high school. And it has just breathed a whole fresh wind of the spirit into their community group. That's what happens when we live this balanced up in and out community. And today we get to talk about the sacred gift of the in of Christian community. And we're gonna begin by zeroing in on a moment in the life of Jesus. This moment happens in the book of Mark, chapter three. And if you have your Bibles, you're certainly welcome to have them open with me. What's going on um, right before this story is that Jesus spends time really intentionally praying deeply to discern who the 12 will be that he is going to appoint and invite to journey with him uh, every day. These guys, as he ends up choosing them, go everywhere together. They proclaim the good news of the kingdom together. They heal right next to Jesus, right at his side. And they are together all the time. This is Jesus' core group. And that core group in this moment gets invited into a home where Jesus comes in and sits down to teach. And it says that it just gets crowded. People are coming in by droves and they're sitting on the floor. I'd love for you to picture this in your mind. They are sitting on the floor and they are leaning in and they are listening to Jesus. When someone speaks up, and I imagine that the person was kind of toward the back of the room by the door because this person speaks up and says, hey, Jesus, uh, your mom's outside. Your mom and your brothers are outside and they wanna talk to you. And we know the reason that they are there actually is that they're quite concerned about Jesus because he's going around claiming to be the son of God. And they're like, ah, no, you're just my little brother, you know, and, or my big brother. And so they're concerned about him and they've shown up. But Jesus, as we watch him in this story, does not seem to even move a muscle. He doesn't say, oh, I need to get up and talk to them. Instead, he stays put. He stays right where he is, surrounded by his 12 disciples and all of these people who are hungry for God, hungry for God. And he speaks to them. And this is what he says. It says, Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and he said, look, these are my mother and brothers. For anyone who does, God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And in this moment, Jesus defines Christian community. Now, I wonder if you um, have had, had the experience, if you've been part of the family of God for any length of time. You know, it says all over in the Bible that when we follow Jesus, we are invited, we are adopted into this larger family of God. And what happens is then no matter where we go, especially when we go into a new environment, maybe a new college or, uh, or a new job that you're starting or you're moving into a new neighborhood or maybe you even have traveled across the world and you're engaging with someone, there were in there might even be a language barrier. But when you find out that somebody is a Jesus follower, there can be this immediate affinity for each other this immediate uh, trust and even love for each other because we know that we 
our family. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be part of the larger family of God, the in of the larger family of God. But it gets even better. It gets even better when that larger family of God becomes the size of a church family and then shrinks once again to be the size of a community group, a group of people who are intentionally, regularly meeting together to love one another like Jesus and, and love one another like family. And when we do that, when we love one another in the end of, of Christian community, it plays out in some really tangible ways. And I just wanna to touch on three of them today. One of, the, one of the things that we get to experience inside of Christian community is support, is support. I experienced it. I'm experiencing right now as you are supporting Ryan and I on this journey with insomnia. But I wonder if you have heard this verse in a while. This comes out of the book of Galatians, chapter six, verse two. And it is Paul speaking to the early Christians who are figuring out what it looks like to live, to live and love one another like family. And he's, he reminds them, it looks like this. He says, you are to share each other's burdens, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. In other words, you are obeying Jesus. You are being more like him. When you lend your hands and you lend your shoulders to help carry the burden of another person. Because every single one of us has burdens. Unfortunately, it's just part of life, carrying burdens, be it um, a job situation that you're going through or something financial or something emotional or you're dealing with mental health issues or um, you know, maybe it's, it's raising your kids, it's challenging. Whatever it is, we all have burdens. Every single one of us has burdens, but we simply were not made. We were not created to carry these burdens alone. A number of years ago, I was involved in a group of women, a smaller group of women that was part of a larger women's Bible study here at Hosanna. And we met every Wednesday morning. And the group that I was in was a, was a group of women about my age. And at that time, we were all young moms. Um, we were young marriages. We were young in our careers. And truly, every single one of us had something challenging, something huge going on all the time when we would gather and we would share. And I remember one morning, one of the gals spoke up and she said, you know what? I actually have something really hard and heavy that I'm dealing with right now, but I am hesitant to share it with all of you because you all already have so much else going on. And we can feel that way sometimes, you know, like we don't want to hand our burden because everybody else has burdens. But in that moment, I had this, I think it was just an inspiration strike from the Holy Spirit. I was grateful for it. And I got this picture in my mind that I'm sure you've thought of before. But I, I said to the girl next to me, okay, stand up for a second, stand up. So she stood up and I said, all right, lean back to back with me. So we leaned back to back. And then I said, all right, now lean on me. And she did, and I leaned on her, and I said, lean harder. And she leaned harder, and I leaned on her. And we do this for a minute, and, and then all the women are laughing, and we are just marveling together at what is the case, what is true in Christian community, that the harder we lean, the more we are supported. The harder we lean, the more we are supported. We are made to do this for each other. We have backs for this. There is a, um, a concept that comes out of psychology, out of therapy, um, that is called, I have to remember what it's called because it's, it's a very certain term and I want to get it right. It's called emotional 
co-regulation, all right? I've been learning about this myself and maybe some of you are familiar with it, but the concept of emotional co-regulation when we study the human brain observes that I myself, when I am going through something difficult, when I am worried or I am worked up, when I try to calm myself down, when I try to say to myself, everything's gonna be okay, God's got this. Everything's gonna be okay, God's got this. I can say it to myself over and over and over again and still have a really hard time believing myself. But if someone that I love will stand in front of me and I can look at their face and I can look into their eyes and they say the exact same words to me, everything is gonna be okay. God's got this. I can actually believe them. My brain is looking, my heart is looking for somebody to stand in and support me and assure me that everything's gonna be okay. We get to do this for each other in Christian community. It is such a gift. We get to support each other. And then we get to shape each other. In the inside of Christian community, we get to have a hand in shaping who one another becomes. I love the, the verse out of the book of Isaiah where Isaiah is speaking to God and he says, God, you are the potter and I am the clay. What an incredible image of, of our lives, you know, that, that we're, our lives are, are a lump of clay that God's hands are shaping over time and turning it into something beautiful. And the reality, the truth is that very often the hands that do the shaping on behalf of God are people that we are in community with. Um, a couple of years ago, I turned 40 and when I did, I did a journey to 40, which included, I wrote down the names of 40 people in my life who have helped to shape me. And I tore those names and I put them in a mason jar. And every morning on my journey to 40, I pulled a name out and I wrote a letter to that person to say, thank you. Thank you so much for lending your hands to shaping the person that I've become. And it was such a humbling um, and profound project to get to think about my family members, the family members that God had used to encourage me in my gifts and to teach me in my skills and uh, to challenge me when that was needed and to sharpen me. I love this verse out of the book of Proverbs uh, 27 verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And we know that this metaphor is actually one of an iron sword and another iron sword rubbing against each other like this, rubbing the blades against each other like this. And as they're doing it, they're both being sharpened. It's an image of mutual sharpening. And this is where I think it is absolutely imperative. It is imperative that, that we remember that when the community that we design and surround ourselves with, I am leaning into this thought a lot in my own life right now, has to have enough diversity in it. Enough diversity in it that we actually end up being sharpened. It needs to have a diversity of, of thought and background and experience and perspective, um, theological perspective, even political perspective. We have to surround ourselves with diversity so that when we're doing this sharpening, we're actually being sharpened, not just rubbing one dull edge against another. There was a study that was done um, a few years ago by a big church in the Midwest, and they determined that they wanted to figure out how people actually are spiritually formed. 
How do you actually move the needle in spiritual formation toward someone actually becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ? How does it happen? And in this study, what they discovered is really depressing for me in my career, but is just the case. They said that actually this hour of worship that we have together, and especially this 25, 30 minute message that I'm giving right now, does very little to move the needle. Unfortunately, does very little to move the needle. No matter how profound the things that I say are, it's not going to do the work of forming you into being more like Jesus, a more authentic follower of Jesus. The study found that hands down, hands down the most effective place for that to happen is inside smaller, intentional groups who live up in and out and practice loving each other like family. That is where the formation actually happens. And we need people in our lives to help shape us and sharpen us. And we get to do that for others. And that leaves the last one, which is that inside of Christian community, we are called to serve each other. We are called to sacrifice for each other. In fact, I'm going to say it this pointedly. The only way to know that you are inside of authentic Christian community is if it is costing you something. It has to be costing you something. We see these verses all over the Bible. I mean, they're all over the Bible. The verses that say that we are to share what we have, no matter what it is, no matter how much I have, especially when it comes to material things and finances, we are to share what we have with our brothers and our sisters when they are in need. And sometimes that requires sacrificing what I have because you need it. We read in the Bible that we are to be people who lay down our lives for our friends. But the call to serve one another in Christian community, what that actually looks like is best seen and felt inside of a story that happens near the end of Jesus' life. When he is gathered with his twelve when he's gathered with his core group. We know this, uh, this evening as the Last Supper and they do eat together. But in the middle of that evening, Jesus does something that surprises and humbles all of them. It says that he gets a towel and a basin of water and he kneels down and insists upon washing the dirty feet of each one of his friends. And when he's done, he turns to this group of guys that he has journeyed with for the last three years. And he says this to them, do you understand what I was doing here? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. I have shown you what it looks like to live like family in my name. Do as I have done to you. Do this for each other, he says. Wash each other's dirty feet. And of course, he is not just talking about physically. In this moment, Jesus is acknowledging. It's messy, guys. We've experienced to be, it to be messy to be brothers in Christ. 
It is messy sometimes to be inside of the family of God. It's messy because people are messy. People are messy. But in this moment, Jesus is saying to his followers, but when things get messy, don't quit. When things get messy, don't give up and run away. When things get messy because they will, instead, humble yourself. Get a towel, some warm water, bring the mess close and do what you can to wash it. In this way, you are loving each other like I have loved you. In this way, you are loving each other like family. In the inn of Christian community, we are invited to support each other and shape each other and serve each other. And so where do these thoughts meet your life? A message means nothing if it doesn't get integrated, if it doesn't get brought in and applied to your life. So where does this message meet you? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about the importance of community? I wonder if some of you are feeling nudged by the Holy Spirit. And my sense is that there's a fair number of you who have been feeling this nudge for a long time. It is time to do what many people at Hosanna have already done and, be, and become part of a community group. And there are some that you can join right now, but really what we wanna say is start one, start one. You know your people, you know who lives near you, you know the Jesus followers who are around you, who could you connect with? Start with two or three. These groups can get as big as 12 to 15. Who would you want to be on the journey with? And when you've decided, our campus teams are eager to help you get started. We have tons of resources to help you get started so that you can start an official community group and just know that as a church, we are really committed to this in this season because we know it's how you are actually formed to become more and more like Jesus. But the truth is you don't need a formalized group. You don't need to be inside of a formalized group to apply the truth that as believers, we are called to love one another like family, be it in a community group or in the larger church family, and, you know, right now, let me just put a stake in the ground that here at Hosanna, we are going to love one another like family. Even when we disagree, especially when we disagree, we are not going to run. We are not going to move out. Instead, we are going to lean in. And we're gonna have the conversations that it takes. Even, even when it gets messy, we can wash each other's feet, humble ourselves love each other like family. And of course, that invitation extends to the global diverse family of God as well. So who in your life could you intentionally lend your back to this week to do a little leaning? We are called to share each other's burdens. Who in your life have you invited to help shape you, to sharpen you, even as you do so for somebody else? And then who in your life might God be calling you to serve this week, even if it's messy, to lean in instead of out and be part of washing because how we do the in of Christian community really matters. It really, really matters. I feel prompted to say, especially right now, it really, really matters. But I don't want you to hear that from me. I want you to hear it from Jesus. I wanna give him the last word in this message. 
shortly after he washed his disciples' feet, he said the following words to them to show them, to tell them, to share his heart of why it matters how they love each other. And this is how he says it. He says, now I'm giving you a new commandment. In other words, all the other rules, they don't matter. This is the one that matters. This is the one that matters the most. Love each other. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Why? Because your love for one another is going to prove to the world that you are my disciples. Maybe you have heard it sung. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Amen. Amen.